Time once again for the... That's what we should just we do call that, it. We do that every time, how many, too. How many W's and B's are in there? No, I, have, I have three. <laughs> this episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. You know, we got to get this spot done quickly because I'm starved. Mm-hmm. And you know what's always on my mind when I want something that isn't heavy at lunch? Right. The poke bar. Oh, yeah. At Zupan's. Zupan's. It's always on my mind mm-hmm. because you can go in there and fill up your bowl for less than 10 bucks yeah. and have delicious fresh fish and I don't have to choose unlike going to a sushi bar where you pick one or two things I can pick three or four varieties and put them in that bowl create it the way you want to do it exactly same thing I with their it. salad bar I do this I've been doing this salad bar every time I go in and do my shopping there I also swing by the salad bar that's good for you Something I need healthy. to do a little more I need to do another visit or two to the salad bar but the poke bar isn't bad I yeah. feel a little healthy a little bit healthy when I'm eating that. certainly constantly uh, updating the stuff they've got in there I know that uh, we're late season tangerines coming in the citrus now is this a good time of year? I, for think, I believe it is. Uh, I saw on their website mixed berry mini pies that I need to go in and check out Those after the salad bar. Delicious. After the salad bar, yeah. you, you eat healthy and then you dessert hard is what you do. Uh, <laughs> if you also go to zoopans.com, you can also check out their great uh, seller Z events, their regional dinners. They've constantly got those going on, and you can see the full lineup online at zoopans.com. And also, speaking of the sellers, they have. An incredible selection of wine from all over the world. They do a really good job. We mm-hmm. found we found a wine there from uh, Badia Colto Bono, where we went on our trip in Italy, and they're carrying it there. Very nice. They got the three locations: Burnside, Lake Grove, McAdam, and of course, always Zupans.com. Once again, for Portland's Food Scene Podcast, it is right at Fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland's Food Adventures. Portland's Food... That Portland's, can be anything you want. Is it possessive? No. Portland Food Adventures. Right, and there's another... So a lot of times people just call it singular, too. Portland right. Food Adventures. Yeah. Whatever. But this is right at the fork, one yeah. fork, mm-hmm. and we only have one utensil in the name. Right. So... Which leaves you and I sharing all the time. Yeah, it's well, we're gonna do that, but there's we'll get the knife and the actually in this in this podcast we get a knife involved. You brought a knife. That was the yes, best part exactly. of my day was watching you pull this big serrated. Uh, I don't know if it was serrated, but a big old knife out of your bag. It was serrated and yeah. I sharpened it. Yeah, it was too. nice. So it, in it order like to build the butcher, in order to do this podcast properly, we have to sharpen the knife. So which we've done, we've sharpened it by bringing Andy Kriza in with us from Thrillist to do a. Fried chicken sandwich, sandwich. crawl. Mm-hmm. So, Andy, you you just said there's a difference. Well, we know what the difference is, but it's important because we didn't want to just do. Not really. It's not. Nothing's really important here. It's true. <laughs> it's just food. Yeah, it's just food. But uh, as opposed to a fried chicken crawl, which we plan on doing at some point with my friends Natalia Toral and Eric Russ. So when they heard we were doing this, I got a little. I got a little text that said, "Oh." That's a great idea, as in a flip way, but this sandwich crawl is different than, obviously, much different places than if we'd done a fried chicken period crawl. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you're dealing with a sandwich, you're dealing with kind of reimagining what fried chicken can really be, right? When I think of fried chicken, I'm thinking bone-in, I'm not thinking, you know, a, a boneless chicken breast on a plate with waffles, which is its own thing, That's that's fine. But when you're dealing with a boneless piece of meat on a sandwich, you get to use it as kind of a conduit for all the different condiments and uh, all the different things that you can put on it. Nobody ever wraps fried chicken in cheese, which actually they probably should. There might be a future in that. Um, but yeah, it kind of lets you play around a lot more with all the beautiful things that fried chicken can be. Right. And you mentioned uh, a breast, but here in Portland, I think you got a, a, it's not automatically defaulted to a breast when you have a boneless piece of chicken. No, we're a thigh town. We're a thigh town, right. So, and, and on this crawl, which we'll talk about, we had six places, I think, uh, no, all but one was a thigh. There, I don't remember the last one, but we're thighs. 
Was, was I mean? But, was Barlow a thigh? I I, I didn't make it I, all the way the through. That's the one I can't. I I believe it was a thigh. Yes, it was a thigh. But I, by that point, we were just delirious and just uh, drunk on chicken. Drunk on chicken. As a matter of fact, we also had planned to go to Popeyes, and I know you gave me a little hard time on how weak we were for not doing this. But I think it's a shame. Honestly, you need you need to experience everything in all of its glory. You need to go high and you need to go I, low. I agree. I was the dissenting voice. We were running out of time, and we all agreed that we had had the Popeye's fried chicken, but it's really not official unless we did it on the crawl. But So we can address that in comparison, but um, I was the only one that was going to eat it, and we didn't have much time. So You couldn't anyway, have just housed two Popeye's sandwiches in the car on the way to the That's bolo? That's what I thought we could have done. Actually, I wanted to take them and bring them in, but... Nonetheless, we can't, you know, it is what it is. We can't go back there. So the the six places that were chosen, I think uh, it, was a, it was a team ch- choice. Started out, Court, with you suggesting Burger Stevens' new chicken sandwich in the in, at Pioneer Square. Yeah, Burger Stevens now has the two locations, but they only offer the fried chicken sandwich at the downtown location right. on Pioneer Courthouse Square, and it's just feet from where we're broadcasting or whatever this is, podcasting right now. Right. Well, you can, I've decided we can say, what, <laughs> uploading? There we go. So um, Streaming? <laughs> yeah, I used to say streaming, and then I read Criteria, and they're calling it download. So anyway, right. um, regardless of that, so I posted some a beautiful Instagram shot of Burger Stevens fried chicken sandwich, and then a couple of days later, I was at Basilisk and did that, and then some conversation started somewhere about doing a fried chicken sandwich crawl, got Andy involved. When did you become involved in this process? Because it's very important to know these things. I I think it was a uh, completely sober Facebook comment. Oh, okay, good. And and what is is the likelihood of that Facebook comment being done when you're sober? I I cannot comment on that right now. You don't have a a percentage on that? So time of, is time of day an indicator? No. Okay, all right. Yes, it is. Fair enough. Child services, yes, it is. So um, so we did this crawl on a Saturday starting at 11 o'clock meeting at Burger Stevens. A and really we met, nice Saturday, too. Yeah. Against all we, odds. I thought we'd be doing it a little in the rain, and I was a little concerned with frickin' chicken, uh, eating that, having that in the rain. But we, we lucked out. It was a really nice day. It started out a little chilly. I didn't have anything but a shirt. And then by the middle of the day, we were fine. Plus, I was all, you know. At least you thought to wear a shirt, unlike me. <laughs> uh, you didn't have one on? You didn't notice? No. That's my Chester. Oh, okay. That works. So, um, but we, we invited a few people to come along with us, and we were, it was really cool that three of the folks who came with us to um, Tuscany on our Portland Food Adventures trip uh, insert promotion here. We have one to Sicily and Barcelona and Mexico City this year that you can check out uh, on Portland Food Adventures website. But three of those folks who were really fun people and made this crawl even more fun. I mean, just going along with you, maybe not drinking wasn't that fun, but... Um, you can have fun without drinking, Chris. Yeah, no, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not a big drinker. So I actually had a couple of drinks and beers along the way, but... Um, but coming along with us was uh, Wendy Bumgardner, who people may know by the from her um, from her food writing, and you can find her at Loca Voragon, which is a pretty cool name. L O C O V E R O G N. Did I get that right, Andy? You're the... I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Loca, no L O C A. Loca V Oregon. Loca Voragon. Right, so that's, that's a that's tw- tongue find, twister. That's where you find Wendy, and I think she's a she's a uh, very experienced eater. She goes to a lot of food events, and she knows her food. And as we can hear, we'll 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 hear her uh, talking about uh, some of it here. And she gave us a really nice list uh, this morning before the podcast. So Wendy came with us. She was the one that was housing the half sandwiches the whole time too. Uh, so was she really? I, I think did, so. I yeah, she was. That. She was definitely. Crushing them down. So right. Yeah. So she she, well, she can eat. Yeah. And not only that, I didn't eat for 24 hours after this thing. I really didn't. And then slammed down 36 oysters Oof. at the at the Shuck Portland uh, finale little <laughs> after party last night. But Wendy went to dinner. Had a went to a wine dinner at Atala, 
after that night like at six o'clock. Yeah, oh, wow. we, that's why we had to. We couldn't fit in uh, Popeyes because we she had to get back home to Vancouver and then back. Okay. So, I, I feel I feel bad uh, now knowing that that's what she was doing and skipping Popeyes as a result. Like now, Popeyes Popeyes can wait. Yeah, for for a towel. Yeah. But um, but she but that's interesting that she was getting in the half sandwiches and not the quarters along the way to a dinner at Atala. Uh And lastly, oh no, not lastly, we haven't mentioned the other two. Hardy Johnson, who's a wonderful guy, and his wife April, for whatever reason, didn't uh, didn't accompany us. On this. I think she was intimidated. Yeah, I, Hardy said she was overthinking it, and you can't be thinking when you're doing something like this at all. You just got to not think. And uh, so Hardy came with us. Um, he came with us to Tuscany last year and was a lot of fun and gave us a lot of, uh, he was very knowledgeable about beer and we had given him a few suggestions and he found a few on his own when we were in Florence. And then, um, so he was good to have along and it equaled out the, uh, the gender thing for us a little bit. And uh, also Lisa Yet. Um, who works for a mortgage company. I'm not sure exactly the name. I wish I knew. We can put it in the show notes. Um, but Lisa's got a really sharp wit, and uh, I thought this was a perfect group to come along with. And, of course, Court, you joined us for the first one, as as we mm-hmm. mentioned. So um, we did Burger Stevens. We went to um, Bokie Doki. Uh, the first one was closed. We were surprised and then found out that it was the one on Hawthorne was open, which was a nice treat in, in, in and of itself. Um, and then secondly, then we went to People's Pig and we wanted to go to Laurelhurst Market. Note that. We'll come back to it. We didn't. We went to Basilisk after that. Andy was not. Andy was having a little bit of a health challenge day. And uh, <laughs> add to that four fried chicken sandwiches by what? Two, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And he was out, so we again we were going to go to Popeyes. We had that in the original list of seven. We're down to I guess a list of six. We went to Barlow Tavern, which was your suggestion. Um, And I wanted to note that. uh, Oh, and I forgot. uh, Frickin' fried chicken chicken was in there. Frickin' chicken. That was Wendy um, Bumgardner's suggestion from Loke of Oregon, and you'll hear her voice on this. Bokey Doki was Gary, the foodie's suggestion. He said that was one of his favorites. And yours was Barlow Tavern. So we had a nice, we had a nice mix. And we also had a mix of, um, of places, of types of fried chicken sandwiches. Some of them we discussed lived and died by it, right? So Basilisk, that, that's the main thing on their menu is this frickin' chicken. And, uh, and I guess we decided Bokey... Doki, same thing. I think, yeah, I think that that's their their primary thing. That's their primary thing. Others didn't. But we talked about that at Burger Stevens, a little bit of, you know, here we are in Portland, diversity is important. So we mentioned that right off the top at Burger Stevens. I give this a top-notch chicken sandwich. Number one, so So far. Winning. Yeah, (laughs) this one is pretty awesome. This one, I think, I would like to do a little sub thing with this one versus Basilisk because yeah. I did those back, back and forth, and it's this is breast meat, that's thigh meat. This one's fairly clean and simple. That one's just stuffed with Fucking stuff. Fucking mess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think that this crawl in general has um, a pretty interesting diversity of chicken sandwich offerings. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Well, does. well, we got the Asian coming up. <laughs> They're drastically different. Popeyes. Yeah, Popeyes is in there. That makes sense. That's your classic, you know, sure. fast food po'boy. Yep. Uh, and then the people pick ones like ham and chicken, bacon, had a baby. This is delicious. So, it's a but it does style. not taste like a fried chicken sandwich as you would conceive it in your head. So. Right. And it's. I'm looking forward to going to that space. Oh yeah, yeah, it's brand new. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks so clean as you drive. I haven't been in there. I just driven by it. So where, cool. where where is it actually? It's just short of Laurel Horse Market. Uh, which also makes an excellent chicken sandwich. On yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to go to the Barlow Tavern, but I'm not blackout drunk. So, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Well, we can work on that. No, no, no one's ever answered that question. I have to go see Pizza Cat later. Okay, so um, let's go through 
spot by spot. Court, you joined us at Burger Stevens. Yeah, it was the only place I was able to go because I had a busy dance schedule. Right. My and, daughter's not myself. Right. And I wonder, the idea was for you to bring the mic we were going to use that we never did. If you, if we knew we weren't doing that, if you even would have come in the first place. I think I would have because that was the literally the <laughs> one hour I had available in the day was start time on this thing. And I really enjoyed that fried chicken sandwich at Burger Stevens. Right. And you have to be paying attention because they move the cart from one part of Pioneer Square yeah. to another. Yeah. And it's, it's actually easier to find. If if you uh, are coming at it from the uh, the east, right, it's and it's kind of it's it's on a little island now with yeah. tables, mm-hmm. so it was it was kind of convenient. But we, Andy, so that was your first Burger Stevens fried chicken sandwich. It was, yeah, right? it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, the the breading on it in particular was uh, pretty surprising in that it was kind of the consistency of a classic uh, British fish and chips uh, breading, really. A uh, nice amount of spice and salt to it, uh, and it was super crunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of really unexpected. You know, you, when I think of a fried chicken sandwich, I think it's going to be somewhere around uh, the middle ground between a chicken nugget and kind of a flour base breading. And this thing was just like insanely crunchy. Um, and it, yeah, it definitely took me aback in in the best way possible. And it was abreast too. So I had said earlier, and I and I confirmed it because this is my second experience. By the way, only in Portland, Oregon. That I know of, would we be having a discussion like this and actually not cracking up and sure. thinking we're insane for doing it? I'm laughing on the inside. I know, but we are insane for doing it, but it's fun. I mean, what else What else would you listen to today? I mean, other than this, this is great. So it was abreast, and he does a marvelous job, or they. I'm sure Don is going to give credit to his team for helping with this. But they, get, they do a marvelous job with the breast because it is as juicy as any thigh you're going to get. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was a tender, in fact. A tender? I, it, yeah, it wasn't like a big giant, because there were two of them on it. Right. Two individuals. Yeah, so I no, think no, it, was, it wasn't a full breast. Yeah, I think it was two tenders. Yeah, no one Not like Not like, a, like an Arby's chicken tender, you know, like an actual tender loin kind right, of chicken okay, breast. Yeah, yeah. That's the important thing. I, 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 I don't want to, yeah. You don't want to equate it with a, like a sorry, yes. McDonald's chicken tender, which you're very familiar with these days. It's well, he had, already, far, far he, he had also cut those for us, which is why there were two, because normally, uh, normally it's just one, but I, th- I think you might be right, because like a full breast is like gigantic. Yeah, And yeah. Th- this thing, it, it, while it's thick, it's not gigantic like a full breast. So it probably is like a chicken breast tender. Right. I don't know right, all the technical a breast terms. tender. Okay. But I don't want to, uh, yeah, you don't want to make anybody think, even think, and we've already done this. Of a McDonald's chicken nugget. No. So it's not really a... It, it, I, w- I was saying with Andy where the first time you eat it and you're getting that crunch, I, I thought, was there bacon on this? Because the con- crunch is so crispy, yet it's juicy and it's like, there's, the, but it's the breading and it's right. just done so well. And I know that he wouldn't have, knowing any chef with chops, he's not going to open up something in the middle of town, like dead center middle of town in Pioneer Square, make that as kind of signature item there and then not have it not having tested it for a while. He did indicate to me that he went through a lot of a lot of work mm. to get to that. So that was good. And it was a good start. It was a good place to start right in the middle of town. Is that any other Burger Stevens comments? I would recommend uh if you do go and get one of these, you've got to eat it right there on the square so it's hot and get the fries because the Burger Steven fries are delicious. Right, and I would also say that, um, with as with any conversation like this, you can foray off into different areas. So here we are at Burger Stevens, and we actually, Andy, right off the bat, you were your mind was going off of chicken sandwiches, and right into uh, into burgers. It's the best one today. <laughs> it's a fair statement. <laughs> yeah, that batter is fierce. It's like the burgers, though. You have to eat them like right away. Uh, almost anything. Any sort of right. I would sit around. I usually find I want my chicken to cool off for a minute or two anyway. It's not too hot. I mean, won't be. Has anybody been to the burger place in the uh, Pine Street Market? Oh yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite burger. Is that pretty awesome? Right yeah. Uh, I looked at his website. I got so hungry the other day. I like. It tastes like my platonic ideal of a burger. Okay. Because it's. I mean, it's. Kind of, it's got the crispiness and that, um, you like on the edges, it's kind of a smash burger, and it's got American cheese, which I think is essential for a burger, and the buns are great. Yeah, uh, yeah their double burger is probably oh. not my favorite burger right now. So then it was off to Bokey Doki, and we ended up driving over to Hawthorne. So they have 
Rachel's ginger beer there. Yeah, that stuff was fantastic. Yes. And you can add booze it to booze it. Booze it up, yeah. Right. So, um, and for me, we'll get to the, the final things, but for me, the experience there of being able to have one of those beverages with a bokey dokey sandwich, it cut it a little bit. It was pretty, for me, it was a little... The sandwich was slightly on the vinegary side, but I knew that was going to be the case. It, was, it had kimchi on it. So the drink was pr- a perfect complement to it. It's comfortable there over on Hawthorne right across from the Baghdad. Um, but I'll let you talk a little bit more to the sandwich. Yeah, it was, it was interesting that my uh, non-alcoholic ginger beer was more expensive than the sandwich, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, well, but it was damn good. Um, but no, the, the sandwich itself. Um, By the way, can we just confirm why were you doing non? This is we brought you along because we assumed you'd be in on the alcohol it's true. first. I, I think that that's the first time we've ever spent any reasonable <laughs> amount of time with me not slurring. Uh, so, but I, I, I was a little ill that day, and so uh, I was trying to be responsible. And that's uh, super professional. I know, and I had to go see Pete the Cat the musical later on, and I didn't want to. Uh, I probably should have drank. It was pretty. pretty I was going to say it kind of seems yeah. counterintuitive. There. Yeah, no, I. I, I made Made a terrible, terrible life decision. Yeah. Um, so we can always redo that, revisit that. But <laughs> you, but, do, but ordering tickets for Pete the Cat, I don't know if you're going to do that one again. Uh, so yeah, so the the uh, Boki Doki sandwich was it's 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 really intricate in that uh, it's got so much flavor going on. It's got kimchi on it. I don't know uh, what the sauces uh, floating around on it were. We um, should have asked Brandon, who happened to be there. Yeah, yeah, he was he was doing there. some banking. Right. Um, so uh, I know. From past experiences that the the bokeh bowl fried chicken is just out of control delicious. Um, And having it in that sandwich form, it kind of took on a different uh, life because that was the only one. When I eat a fried chicken sandwich, it sticks with me. You know, you you get that fried chicken aftertaste every time you burp or every time you, you know, cough. And with this one, it was almost like an instant palate cleanser. And you mentioned, you know, that the vinegar was kind of not your thing but for me it kind of is what made every bite taste kind of singular you know as you were chewing it you got these different flavors popping off and uh it was kind of surprising each time and that doesn't necessarily happen with most sandwiches so we got in our cars and went a couple of blocks to frickin chicken and they were nice enough i had written them in advance asking them if we would be able to write them ahead of time and order sandwiches because fried chicken can take a little bit of time wait for a sandwich um and we were trying to move it along and they were really nice to get back to us and uh say we're not open that day but they were kind enough and i really felt bad they said well we can we can open and they did now i assume it's a saturday and they did some business so we can't i saw i saw some people ordering right exactly so they came and made sandwiches for us there and um when we asked they have they have some good variations on the menu and we collectively quickly said we should just go for the basic to make that all apples and oranges that's that's the the control yeah the control but i think after we had it we realized he was trying to steer us to the spicy version and when we ordered a few sandwiches probably should have made one of those one of them but we didn't Yes, hindsight is, is is telling me that we should have listened to the guy who professionally makes the sandwich and can tell us, you know, <laughs> right. what what the best one is. Because yeah, every, everybody agreed that the, it was prepared beautifully, but it was just missing a little bit of spice. And the, he was steering us to get the spicy version. We we're like, no, what do you know? Right. Uh, so yeah, we're we're, we're assholes. Right. So sorry, freaking chicken. No, well, there's nothing to be sorry about. <laughs> It was delicious, and it was suggested because Wendy had been there a couple of times before. And when we talk about uh, actually doing—we're not really doing real reviewers and re- real reviews. We're not real reviewers. But if, if, if people start depending on us for real reviews, then people need to be guided in a better direction in life. <laughs> Can you suggest some directions that they might want to go? I, I cannot. I, I don't review things. <laughs> okay. I, I, I offer suggestions. I did, it he doesn't even to... review reviewers, obviously. Right. Have you, that's a good one. No, has anybody ever done that? A review of the of the reviewers? I I don't think so. I'm I'm sure that uh, I I guess that's just what's referred to as the comment section of any story. Right. Right. But let's yeah, put that on the called, docket. That's a Facebook. very that's a very interesting thing. We can we can make some enemies. I've already made one out of one of them that I know of. Could be more. Um, but uh, but so anyway, a real reviewer would try something more than once because. 
something can be a little off on any one day. Not saying that it was at Frickin' Chicken, but Wendy's experience was she didn't recall that it was that there was missing spice, a little spiciness and a little zing the last time she ordered the basic one. Um, or the time before, but she agreed with most of us. First thing that, that I thought was, I love this, but I'm just missing a little something. And that was the deal. Good. It's, it's, not, it's more not, seasoning. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. a little more seasoning, yeah. And I think the first one I had had more, to me, it had more seasoning. I came back for a second one, and it wasn't this. I mean, I'm a, I like salt. Mm. Well, the first one I thought... When you were done with that, the spice was absolutely perfect on your tongue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this doesn't have that, but then he was encouraging us to go for the spice. That's a good spice point. Blend. That is a good point. I think that uh, of all the ones that we tried, though, that one and Burger Stevens were probably the ones I could eat most frequently mm-hmm. because they weren't giant, cumbersome, or overpowering flavors. Not that Boki Doki was overpowering, but it's such a a unique and singular uh, flavor, whereas the Burger Stevens one and the frickin' chicken one were really basic, uh, well-done takes on a classic fried chicken sandwich. And that's the kind that I would revisit most frequently, Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to especially Basilisk, which is just (laughs) insane. Well, we'll get to Um, that in a second. But yeah, those are the ones that, like, when I close my eyes and think of a chicken sandwich, that's what I'm thinking Right, so you'd never be doing anything wrong by going to frickin' chicken on uh, Belmont. Yeah, Belmont and 34th? Yeah, somewhere over there. It was, uh, and it was really nicely presented. Perfectly wrapped in, a, I believe, a yellow piece of, you know, a little piece of paper with the sandwich sticking out saying, eat me, eat me. And most importantly, well, not most importantly, because the fried chicken is the most important thing, but the bun had, it was sturdy. Right. You know, a lot, some, sometimes a bun is just destroyed as you start chewing through these things. And that one was, you know, almost like a, a I, I, I want to say like a catcher's mitt, but that's not what it was like. Didn't uh, chew like a ch- catcher's mitt, but it functioned like. Yeah, that. yeah, it was it was sturdy, and it did not yeah. it, the, it didn't uh, have an awful lot of flavor to it, which is perfect. You know, it, it let everything else do its its thing while it did its own job. Yeah, I think what they did, they did really well, and it is a good frickin' chicken sandwich. So there's that, and then speaking of buns, we were off to the People's Pig, the new location over on. Burnside, which was just really cool, kind of feels like you're walking into a place in Austin, Texas, to me. Yeah, it's it's completely different than the Williams location, which is in the old Tropicana, and it didn't get updated. I, and if I'm not mistaken, it didn't get updated ever as part of the <laughs> agreement when he took over. Right. So that's that's why it's still that you know that old barbecue shack, which has so much charm to it. And this, yeah, totally feels like an Austin style barbecue counter. It's got a diner feel. Uh, the the chairs are kind of barbershoppy at the bar. And they're comfortable. Super and they're comfortable. all beautifully, unlike the the Williams location, I went the first weekend they opened. You know, they were piecing together, you know, chairs, I guess. They're beautifully leather upholstered and they're comfortable. And as I said to someone along the way, literally the older I get, the more chairs are as important as a bun for the bun. But I like to be, I know I really like to be comfortable. I'll tell you that the steel stools are, I look at that and I'm already got a, eh, I'm not going to be able to sit here too long or I don't want to. It's cold and it's uncomfortable. Not at People's Pig. It was really nice. So you guys took a booth and I was, we didn't have enough room for me at the table, which is probably good. And while I wasn't looking, you you were trying to steal my phone. That yep, was pretty yep. cool. But yeah, yep, I pocketed his phone while it was recording and took it to the bathroom with me. Right. Oh, luckily, and luckily, I was just blowing my nose. Oh. So. <laughs> well, good. I didn't actually listen for it, but um, but you obviously had a little remorse and and found it. Although, as I said, I would have been happy if all the recordings were gone and I just got my phone back at that point. At any rate, what we did hear and what we did experience when the sandwiches came were something pretty special. Yeah, the People's Pig, it's it's a smoked fried chicken. And it's, it's a thigh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's enormous. It's uh, this beast of a sandwich. Uh, the chicken itself is smoked before getting a bath in batter and fried, and it kind of has a ham-like quality that smoked chicken tends to take on, uh, and then it gets fried, and it's just this explosion of flavors. Uh you get kind of a bacony fried chicken ham 
it, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense except for it's something that seems to have emerged from my dreams. Um, it comes on a homemade roll uh, that he's been ma- uh, making those rolls since it was a food cart that specialized just in porchetta, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, uh, with a little slap of jalapeno jelly. It is magnificent. There's so much flavor in there. Uh, and I think that a lot of times when you throw that many different flavors in there, they tend to get confused. Uh, with this one, they all just come together beautifully. Right. And he's got, as we discussed, his greens. And I was back yeah. in the kitchen as he was soaking them and slicing them and getting them ready. Those greens are, to me, make a big difference. Because I, I think I mentioned earlier on, and we're not going to get every clip to hear these little things. But I don't really love lettuce on a sandwich. It gets it gets slippery. Yeah. And warm lettuce, to me, is especially warm romaine or warm uh, iceberg, is just, like, not happening. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's awful. It's all wilty and slimy and... But these were some nice, what were, I should have I think specific. that they were salad greens, or just kind of, yeah, just a salad greens. If well, I'm not I was back watching him slice the <laughs> big leaves, and uh, I didn't ask him what that was, but they were beautiful. Colorful, and, and yeah, yeah, I'm colorful, not sure what they were. Colorful, and they, they took on, they, they were what, um, how's the dressing, really? The dressing was on the greens, I thought. At least they ended up there, and the whole thing was uh, marvelous. And the, just the, tenderness and the flavor so i had said earlier i'm one who said on this podcast before does everything have to have kimchi on it these days and does everything have to be smoked it seems like everything's smoked i've started to think it's overdone people's pig though much like other things that really i think are the best things you can have in life not the necessarily best things but like i'm not a big beet fan when someone makes beets a chef makes beets that i really love that's a particularly pleasant surprise that I'm enjoying something I normally wouldn't like. Not that I don't like any smoked food, but I would immediately say, oh, I don't know. There's the smoke thing at People's Pig. It was absolutely perfect. You had mentioned that when we were going in that you were kind of over the smoke thing. And I wa- so I was watching you kind of carefully. And it was kind of like that scene in Train Spotting when he shoots up for the first time. Your <laughs> pupils were just like, bam! So it was it was it was quite a treat just to watch you do it. I wonder what else in my life might have might have uh, yielded that experience, <laughs> that look. I don't know. The breading is nice and crunchy, right. but the, the chicken itself is smoky and perfectly salty, and it's got the jalapeno jelly. That is pretty mellow. Yeah. And it's got the perfect amount of spice. Yeah. And the bun is hands down better than any yeah. that we that Well, he, made, he makes the buns, right? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. It always has. But it, it's appealing visually, and it's got a little crunch. He's done it right. Everything's and, done right. And so also the lettuce on it, the greens that they use, actually you can squish down. Yeah, yeah. And they don't squirt out the other side like a romaine. Right. And they got the right amount of dressing on it. That is the... And it's, that's like the perfect sandwich. Yeah. Well, it also looks intimidating, and then you get it, and you—it's it's manageable. Like it's it's right. pliable, and you can you know you can handle it. Even though you, like you look at it, you're like, holy shit, look at that. Do you remember the first time that you uh, enjoyed did, pot? Did heroin? Yeah. No, it's, I was going to say pot. I remember my first time where I thought I'd already smoked it a little bit, but I it was at the the beach in like tenth or eleventh grade, and I thought, oh, I really like the drug. I really like this, and so I remember that. So, do you have any other things other than food, and those that pu- where your pupils might have changed? Um, not not that I should probably disclose. Well, no, we God. assume all of that for all of when us. I, when I met my wife, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Court? You got any that come to mind? No, no, I didn't happen at a dance competition. Well, there you know, but those are just proud, proud father moments, and I think right. is, we're all dads in here. We've all had those. Was so like yes, yeah. I will say that I had a really weird experience with Shake Shack last year, uh, and I was in New York, and all my coworkers were like, "Oh, you got to try it." I'm like, "Ah, oh, whatever. It sounds like In and Out. It's going to be overrated, and you know, a mediocre at best thing." And I had that moment where I, it, it, they still tell the story about me taking a bite of this thing and just like losing my mind and. Uh, my wife and I went there in L.A. a couple weeks ago, and I sent a picture to the guy that I was with when I did it, and he was like, don't make those noises to her. Don't ever make those noises again. <laughs> so it, it, it happens from time to time. It's just like, oh. So you thought the Shake Shack was that, was that incredible? I, I thought it was pretty good, yeah. 
And how, since we've mentioned BYH burgers, how does it compare to a BYH burger? I think that, uh, I wish that BYH had a Shake Shack model so that everyone could enjoy the beauty that is that perfect burger. Uh, that to me is the, pl- the platonic ideal of a burger. You know, there's no, there's no bullshit vegetables on it. Uh, it's got that crispiness and that juiciness and the buns just perfectly spongy, that American cheese. Oh, I, like I'm thinking about it, and I'm getting that like so wide-eyed. I, we set you off the track. No, I really like. I got super. Now? I got super angry because after the fried chicken crawl, we were supposed to go there, and then I got sick, and I ended up in bed just thinking about it. So, oh, so you're talking about BYH? You, yeah, you yeah, had, yeah. You just said that you wish BYH could could rep- follow the Shake Shack model in and and be everywhere. Oh, be oh, everywhere. Be, not, oh, just yeah, in terms yeah. Of not just down at the Pine Street Market. Yeah, oh, I exactly. Got you. I sorry, mis- sorry. It's, I misunderstood. Yeah, no, I, I got, I, I got all flummoxed, Chris. I, I was thinking I, about that burger. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I was asking about the Shake Shack because I've had two experiences with that. One is at uh, at City Field. I'm a big Met fan, and so you know the experience of that at City Field is real kind of you know special. But the second one was not quite the same. I was on my way to Barcelona a couple of years ago. We stopped it. We had a layover at JFK. Jose and I get the go to Shake Shack, and that's when I realized my phone is shot um, right before we're about to go to oh, no. Spain. So I, the technology took over my brain, and uh, I don't remember. You couldn't be covered. Is, is, well, I would like to say, actually, I should take this back. I was going to say, is, is airport food a good a measure of how great a place is, but at, at the same time, I look at all these great places out of PDX, so I should shut my mouth. Well, we're spoiled. I we think, are so. no, because because you can go to you can go to Country Cat out there, and it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, saying, I would say between a stadium and an airport, you're probably not getting the, the right. best product. I will say though, bringing it all back, Shake Shack does have a pretty good chicken sandwich. Mm. Oh, they do. Okay. Sorry, that, that was my my. Wandering off. <laughs> it's all right. That, I'm, I'm, we're happy to wander off into different food, food, uh, food territory, I guess. Would you say There's we went word. Come right on, you're, at the you're, fork? You're, you're a writer. Yes. Ew. We can take a right at the fork. So did, oh, so People's Pig, I think um, we all agreed. When we recap this at the end, we all agreed that's going to be, it's going to be there. Yeah. But you know what's crazy about it? is that as much as I love that sandwich, I kind of prefer it uh, on its own. So my jam for People's Pig, this is my my deep-set knowledge of deconstructed food trends, is <laughs> to order the fried chicken plate at People's Pig and get a button as a side mm-hmm. and kind of make your own sandwich mm. as you go. You can or get, the you, cornbread. Was, you can't make it with a cornbread sandwich, but if you're going to... You, you if can. You're gonna, if you're going <laughs> to... But should you... <laughs> I wish I could have snapped a picture of his face when he just said you can because it was like anything's possible. Um, But who was it? Someone rated that. I got the ratings here. They said they they rated the sandwich high. Lisa. She rated the the sandwich as her. No. She rated the chicken high. The chicken high, but as a sandwich, she didn't have it as number one. Interesting. She well, she was saying that she's smoke averse as well. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. And and I, I I can imagine spice averse if she is indeed spice averse, which I'm just making that up, I suppose. Uh, that jalapeno jelly does kind of set it into a different realm. It's not super spicy, but it's flavorful. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, all right. Well, that was a fun experience, and I'm glad. I'm glad we did that for any of these places. I'm dad, glad we did the chicken crawl because that got me to People's Pig sooner than I might have. So that's great. I'd never been to freaking chicken, but all of them. And hanging out with you guys on a Saturday afternoon. So we all jumped in the car again, the cars, and went to the Zipper and Basilisk. And we had, we were, I think we were the only ones in the actual, in their dining room at those little stools that come out. Those little, the, the, the stools kind of whip out like Swiss Army knife right. apparatuses. I, I would easily have, an, uh, you know, fall off of one of those or figure out how That's to do That's why that. I wasn't drinking, because I knew we were going to sit on those damn things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's really funny. When I see those, I'm like, oh, okay. And someone, I don't remember who it was, said, oh, these are really cool. It was probably me. No, it wasn't you. It was, Thank it you. was. But was it? it? It sounds like something I would say. <laughs> okay. Well, gee whiz, look at these it's seats. Only, it's only two days later. You can't remember whether... Well, maybe two of you said it. It's quite possible, right? 
Because uh, that's white very, dudes all look it's alike. It's very important to use the same criteria that you'd use in a court of law for this podcast. That you have to be on point and never leave a stone unturned um, or a seat unmoved. So Basilisk, we ordered a couple of sandwiches there, and that's enough to feed. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, those things are towers. Um, I think Hardy said, oh, these are designed for Instagram, which is this increasingly um, cliche, not that he was being cliche, but it's an increasingly cliche thing that we're experiencing more and more is that people prefer gigantic, weird-looking food to warm food (laughs) because they're taking so much time to take photos of it. Um, And it is a beautifully monstrous thing. You know, it stands, what, probably six inches tall. It's got a knife jammed in the top, two chicken thighs, super crispy batter, but not not crispy like Burger Stevens, which is, you know, the fish and chips consistency. This is kind of more flaky. Uh, it's got a slaw on it. The buns are nicely toasted. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a gigantic, gigantic beast. And I think that um, saying that it's a food designed to be Instagrammed uh, kind of belies how delicious it actually is. Right, but it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It's really hard to, of all the sandwiches, if we have a different category, that one is one that anybody who's really into food, who has an Instagram feed, is not going to miss that. Yeah, but you can say the same thing. If somebody puts like a bunch of pureed anchovies in a waffle cone, people are going to go and take a picture of that these days. Right, but that makes for, I I remember I set it up, the, the picture that I had on, uh, on my uh, Instagram feed a few weeks earlier, I set it up so I had the fries shown perfectly, the right side of the sandwich, and a little Dr. Pepper in the back, and it is uh, it got a lot of attention. Did you 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 got it to go right? No, I oh, got, I, th- I thought you said you took some to. I took some to some friends from Michigan. Do they stick a plastic fork in it when you get it to go? You know, I did. I just delivered it. I was the delivery. You just guy, used so... your giant butcher knife that you carry around with you to <laughs> chop up sandwiches. <laughs> that was the first time I ever did that. So, uh... so a little context on that. Chris was walking around <laughs> with a giant bread knife to slice up sandwiches. Not realizing, as we did halfway through, that they can do that at a restaurant because restaurants are typically equipped with knives. Oh, no, 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 no. But I got a reason You for looked this. like you were ready to, to, to throw down. It was like Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York. It was <laughs> no, kind of terrifying. There was a real purpose to that. And by the way, so a basilisk, we didn't need that because they give you a nice serrated knife. And somewhere else did as well, I think. Uh, People's Pig, I think, did, yeah. Yeah, People's Pig. But... Um, we needed to have the sandwiches in their entirety before we started slicing them up in quarters. Good point. So I didn't want to ask any anyone making a beautiful sandwich to slice it for us in quarters right off the top. And then the, I also envisioned us sitting there with a plastic fork trying to cut these. And this was a professional endeavor. We're not doing this That's wrong. Right. This I, a, just, I this just wanted to re-envision. Worstoff Meetings were held about this thing. <laughs> exactly. I, I just really wanted to give that imagery of, of Chris looking like a... Like a warrior. <laughs> They'll get you kicked out of the bar, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I think at that point it wasn't coming with me. Um, but at any rate, so, um, so we had a, little, a few comments on Basilisk. I think it's delicious. I give it my lowest rating, 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> and so I will say that um, the comments, the, the thoughts that most of us had about the oil... And the smell, I did not experience the first time I was there. No, and I think that that's kind of, the, you, you brought up the distinction of, you know, if you're actually reviewing a place, you go a couple times. Right. Um, and, you know, you, if, if you're going to a place on a busy Saturday, chaos theory, Jeff Goldblum was right, anything can happen, chaos can rain. Uh, and I, I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to ding a place if, if something is a little bit off. Um, that said, you know, when you're going somewhere and spending money, you expect it to be the best experience you can possibly have. Uh, I personally didn't notice it until it was pointed out to me. Right. I, and I, No, I did. I was, and Hardy mentioned it. I said, oh, that's interesting because I was thinking the same thing. No, he, 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 I had to have him hold it up to my nose. And it, like, I'm like a puppy. He could have told, said it smelled like strawberries and I would have been like, oh, yeah, <laughs> there it is. So, um, but yeah, once it was pointed out, it, it, it did uh, show. But I've been there a few times and I never noticed anything off about it at all. Right. Uh, except for the fact, the only thing off about it was the fact that I ate the whole thing and felt terrible <laughs> afterward. Because right. Well, we should explain what you guys people. are talking about. What The smell you're talking about. It's It was in that clip. Oh, was it in that clip? Yes. Okay, I'll cut the part out. <laughs> My bad. 
No, but thanks for paying sort of attention. I'm surprised that I picked <laughs> I'm up totally what you were paying attention. What are you, you talking about? If you didn't call me earlier, I would I would have been like, what the f- is he talking about? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, well, we, yeah. So um, there's, there's another thing about Basilisk, in my opinion, is um, that is it's a, it's if anybody ever wants to have a fried chicken sandwich, they have to try that. Oh yeah, it's great. And for me though, it's just if it's a lunch, that's just too much. Especially if you get fries with it. That's just way too much. So I ended up the first time having a bite of the whole sandwich, which, by the way, is a little bit of a challenge to get that thing. Oh, you need the snake jaw to get into that thing, yeah. Right, but also to hold it without with it staying in one, you know, in one cohesive piece. You know what it's like um, for, for our Midwestern friends out there? Hello, mother. Um, <laughs> have you ever had the, the pork tenderloin sandwich <laughs> out of Iowa and Indiana? Where it's, they do one at, um, oh man, where do they make that thing? Burger Guild. I don't know if they're still around, but it's a, it's a flattened out tenderloin. It's kind of like the Tabor Schnitzelwich, mm-hmm. RIP, where the bun is about the size of a McDonald's bun and then this gigantic, you know, foot wide. It's, it's like, it's like if you put a pizza sized pork chop on a McDonald's bun. Um, and what basilisk or basilisk or, However, we Monster. did we did we, did we figure out how to pronounce it? I don't think they're welcome to chime in and help us with the pronunciation. It's almost like a folded up version of a sandwich like that, where it you know you've got all that super thin meat that's piled up uh, onto a bun that just simply cannot with or hold up to such power. Uh, so, well, and it's delivered as whole. Yeah, so yeah. I guess the idea is pull the fork out I mean the knife out, and that's would be easier to keep it together than when we quartered it and we're trying to, that's not really a fair comparison yeah, no, either. I, I, I think the best way to go about that one is take one piece out, keep one piece in. Yeah. Ha- have, have a sandwich with a side of fried chicken. Right. So I didn't finish, but the first time I had one bite with everything whole and then I just had the fried chicken with the, some of the flavors that were a little that seeped onto it. But um, it was great. It was wonderful enough for me. The next day I had some friends uh, who do the PR for the Portland Auto Show who were asking me for great lunch spots to say, I'll go grab you one of those and bring it back. So it was, uh, it's a great sandwich. The people of Detroit, thank you. Uh, so they represented all of Detroit. I'm good. Glad I could help. Glad I could help out because I love Detroit too. It's uh, on our ballpark tour. It was, it was one of my favorite ballparks too. Are you a baseball fan? You're wearing a Tigers cap. I'm a Detroit fan. I'm not a baseball fan. Okay, so that's what that's the cap is there to represent your your city. My, my roots. Your roots. Okay. They, they don't make cool Flint hats, so I have to wear a Detroit hat. Oh man. Oh, that's a whole. Well, let's have the whole different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> let's do that. All right. So we got to move this along. So you left. We didn't go to Popeyes, but let's address it a little bit as best you can as thrillists. Food or a writer at Thrillist uh, who can properly address uh, a Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. Well, first and foremost, it's if I'm not mistaken, the only fast food representative of a po' boy. Okay, yeah, and it is. Is it only a po' boy? I forgot. I I, I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they they have a shrimp one as well. Uh, but it's yeah, it's it's deli- I mean, it's one of the. People on the crawl said, I will never eat Popeyes. And I said, you know. Oh, I think they're nuts. They're absolutely. I mean, I personally am not super crazy about Popeyes. Like, I'm, I, it, it, I am crazy about it. I'm not super crazy about it. Because um, it, it, it's right. absolutely it clo- delicious. Here's the uh, criteria if it closed, it would, would it ruin your day? Yes. And I, I live between two Popeyes, <laughs> so if that, one of them closed, I'd be okay. Um, <laughs> no, I meant if all of them shut down, like they had a... Popeye ceased to exist. Right. Yes, no, that, that would be awful. And my daughter likes their mac and cheese, and so if wife's oh. out of town, it's, you know, I, I go and get far too much fried chicken for me just to get a side of mac and cheese for her. So I was trying to cue this before, but and I don't expect that you would necessarily be able to read my mind. But you did make a great comment about fatherhood and how many calories that that means in the scope of life. Yeah, I I read something, and my numbers are going to be pretty not super scientifically accurate, but something to the effect of an extra thousand calories per day are consumed by parents who just pick at their kids' food. Because 
I don't care who you are. A fish stick is delicious. And if you've got an extra fish stick on the on the table, you're going to eat it. And maybe you're going to make five or six extras. Um, you want to talk about a po' boy, fish sticks on Wonder Bread. Just saying. <laughs> we we should have put that into the, right to, into the mix, too. Swing by your house. You yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's crazy. I, I, I do a lot of... Uh, dad site writing on the side as well and uh, I, I am consistently surprised by how um, normal my freakish dad behavior is and a lot of <laughs> especially the fact that I yeah just basically have become a staunch anti-food waste warrior when I am secretly just wanting to eat terrible things. Yeah and it has nothing to do with the environment or sustainability. No, no, no. <laughs> so um, I'm revisiting my love of Captain Gordon. Just because we don't want to miss what's your where are you writing about dads? So uh, it's a it's go. a website called Fatherly. Okay. Um so it's kind of a don't break your babies, new dads kind of site. Oh very good. So, yeah. Um so that was a I was looking at baby pictures just yesterday, as a matter of fact, my kids' baby pictures. So, um, and I was thinking, uh, you know, how, what was in front, who knew what was in front of you at that point? You're so scared and you're not sure. You think you're the only one on the planet, too, when you have a kid. Um, all right. So, did we cover enough of Popeye's court, do you think? I think so, yeah. I like Popeye's actual fried chicken, but we'll address that in another. I mean, should we talk a little bit about the general fast food chicken? Yeah. Landscape. Sure. Because I think what sets Popeye's apart from all of them, including Chick-fil-A, which I, everyone freaks out about Chick-fil-A. I think Chick-fil-A's, I, I, I hate to keep harping on In-N-Out, but I think Chick-fil-A's pretty overrated as well. You know, it's a chicken, a nice chicken nugget with mayonnaise on it, um, which is kind of what they all are. Right. But I'm going to say that it's easy to think that in Portland, Oregon. But when I was visiting my parents down in Georgia, and that was... Right across the street and the only game in town, pretty much, or looking for actually some great food down there. But um, it, it, seemed to, it seemed to taste right having it in Georgia. Yeah, it tastes, having it, it up tastes here right is having a different it here deal. I don't think so. But it's, it's, it's just it's generic tasting to me. And so, I mean, the general fast food chicken sandwich move is this oversized chicken nugget on a bun. And I think that there's a time and place for that, too. I'll, I'll house a McChicken. I don't care. Um, mayonnaise, wilted lettuce. That's kind of it. That's where uh, Chick Fil A stands out. Is that they don't even bother with the lettuce. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a pickle. They do have a pickle. The, mm-hmm. the pickle makes a difference. Oh yeah, no, you gotta have that pickle. Um, but I think that yeah, Popeye's kind of the quality of the chicken and the po' boy approach really sets it apart. So it's it's more so than a Wendy's one or you know who actually has legit good chicken sandwiches though is Arby's. Yeah, but didn't they? There are, they've all become Starbucks around here. No, there's there's there are a couple holdouts. Oh, okay. uh, but yeah, they they were the first ones to do kind of a like a cordon bleu style chicken mm-hmm, sandwich. Really? I've had that. It's I, good. I like it. Yeah, it's. Oh, I mean, it's it, it, it's got it's not great, right. but it's a fast food chicken sandwich. Sure. But the other thing is that nowadays, uh, you, you know, the the basilisk one was what eight dollars. Yeah. And an Arby's one's going to be six dollars. Yeah. Like, right. That's not really a competition. Yeah. Anymore, well, that's you know? also what I was. What I was referencing when I said we're here in Portland, Oregon, why, why would anybody, unless you were out in Beaverton, because isn't that the only one? I think so, chi- yeah. Chick-fil-A, I certainly wouldn't drive There's out There's one there. in uh, Clackamas now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so they're, they're infiltrating the city from the outside in. Yep. Which, by the way, any chain has to do. Right. You can't start downtown in Portland and move out. You, gotta, you have to infiltrate the suburbs. That's what they do. It was it was a tragedy to me, by the way. Just as a side note, um, when Chick Fil A opened up, uh, Chick Chick uh, opened up. It oh, was Chick a, Chick, and yeah, when they closed, you mean? It, well, it's, it's closed now. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was opened up as kind of an anti Chick Fil A, mm-hmm. and it was uh, very gay rights and everything, and total drag that it didn't get to, you know, really stick it to them. I thought that was really really good. It and was they, good. Just to give that, isn't that there? That's the same people who own Picnic House. Yeah, they're, and they're wonderful people and that is a to me that's a big sleeper restaurant if you want to lunch downtown picnic house was great oh yeah yeah and it's a beautiful building too mm-hmm. yeah it's big vaulted ceilings and so i'm glad that's still there but yeah i thought about chick chick along the way and when i was doing a little research for this the days and weeks of research that it takes right to do these things i came across chick chick and i first thought was oh and then oh yeah, it was a very noble idea, too, and it was a good sandwich. So. Right. Speaking of noble ideas, the last one was your idea that we went to, which was Barlow Tavern over on the north side. 
Yeah, so uh, Barlow Tavern is this kind of inconspicuous, uh, I wouldn't call it a dive bar, but I wouldn't call it a super nice bar either, uh, that takes its meats very seriously, uh, and they have wonderful fried chicken. Uh, I have only had this sandwich at like one in the morning uh, after (laughs) extensive research in the local bar scene, uh, because everything I do is for professional reasons. Uh, So I'm very curious about how it stacked up. Uh, with our illustrious panel. Well, I think it had a. It was at a slight disadvantage because it was the last of six. So at that point, you are, you know, I, I remember on my way there thinking I'm was okay with not having Popeyes because it's like I can't. So there was that, but it stood up really nicely. We had a good. They had music there, so we couldn't really record. It wasn't going to pick up our voices. Um, the sandwich came out with tater tots. So we were down to four, so we were able to order one sandwich and split it at that point in time. And uh, I believe the consensus, and we can go by person by person here, but the consensus was that it was probably right in the middle. And it was yep. something you would go to order and en- and be very happy, and it would be a destination. Also, if you didn't happen to be there, hey, let's go to Barlow and have a beer and uh, a great chicken sa- for chicken sandwich. It's definitely a, a sleeper bar in that neighborhood too. So Barlow is located uh, on, uh, is it Greeley? Yes. Uh, and it's it's kind of off the beaten path. So you've got this neighborhood that's kind of been transitioning quite a bit lately and and becoming a nightlife area. Uh, Old Gold's been there forever. You've got Spitz, the uh, California-based uh, donor place that has opened up there. Uh, so there's a lot that's been popping up, and this one's just a couple blocks off the off the beaten path. And yeah, their their food's pretty legitimately good. They have uh, a lot of unexpected meat that they advertise, uh, you know, meat and drink specials and whatnot. So uh, it's it's always kind of a one one of the ones that people don't think about going to. And so I was glad that yeah, it it, it managed to make some sort of impression even after all the chicken fatigue. So, uh, no, it was a great suggestion, and it was a good place to end. It was relaxing, and there was space, and there weren't many people there. We were there at 3.30. Next time, go at 1 a.m., and it'll blow your mind. Yeah, well, give me a buzz. I'll jump right in for that. So, um, uh, but let's go over the individual's ratings here. Um, So I got a really nice, uh, I'll just read Wendy's. It was great. Uh, People's Pig is hands down the best, worthy of making a special trip. Burger Stevens is a worthy choice for a simple lunch. Delicious, but not overfilling. Basilisk is worth making a destination stop, but it's a full day's worth of food. And this time the flavor was marred by old grease. I hate to say that on this podcast. Should we just edit that out? I can. Sure. I don't like to piss anybody off. Sure. So... So... um, Just do the the one... Basilisk Basilisk is worth making... Basilisk is worth making a destination stop, but it's a full day's worth of food. Um, and also frickin' chicken. Needed more salt, but I have had but I have had a destination stop worthy sandwich from them before. Probably the spicy version. There we go. Wendy noted it. Uh, as, and, as did the guy making the sandwich. Exactly. So once again, our bad. And the chicken is juicy and well prepared. Probably perfect if you were eating low sodium. Thank you, Wendy, for that. Barlow Tavern tasted pretty darn good and is a comfortable tavern, which is just what we were mentioning. I like Boki Doki as a quick, quick lunch stop and enjoy their Asian take on it, but you really don't taste the chicken. Okay. Um, that's true. If you were actually to say, what, how is this chicken? It's, it's a sandwich in and of itself. It's not, about the ch- it's not necessarily about the chicken, I think. It, it, it was part of an ensemble rather than the, the headliner. Right. That's not a slight on it. It's just a different take on it. Similarly, Poppy, Popeye's chicken tender sandwich is fine, but you really don't taste the chicken, and you don't even get distribution of the other ingredients in each bite due to the sub bun. We'll so go- did, did she go and get it separately? No. No, oh, okay. but she's, she's an experienced enough eater where she just picked it up, which is one of the reasons we didn't go. Everybody said I've had it. So, uh, and she has a good enough memory for it to be able to handle that. Lisa, yeah, chimes in, and I we did start out with let's do a chicken only rating, and a um, and a sandwich. Lisa's the only one that did that, so that's okay. At least we had one person. Way to listen, Lisa. Okay, so Lisa, chicken only. She rates number one, People's Pig. Number two, Burger Stevens. Three, Barlow Tavern. There you go. Four, Basilisk. Once, so yeah, Basilisk. Five, frickin' fried chicken. Good crunch. She was, it was lacking flavor. 
Number six, Bokey Doki. Overall sandwich, though. Listen to this, how this works. I find this very interesting. Burger Stevens at the top. Uh, Bokey Doki goes from number six to number two. Whoa. Taking into account the overall sandwich. People's Pig drops to number three for her. Basilisk four, Barlow Tavern, and then Frickin' Fried Chicken number is brings up the rear for her. Um, Hardy just gave me his top three, which is fine because we don't have that much more time anyway. Uh, People's Pig, number one. And I know he was on the fence, so he did some thinking about this. People's Pig, Burger Stevens, and then Barlow Tavern. Good job, Andy, with that recommendation. Um, mine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I'm right in the middle with most all of these. Um, I think all of them are completely worthy champions in anybody's book. And I'm not just saying that. I think all of them are. If you were hungry and wanted to go to any one of them, it would be a great meal. Well, that's what that's what's deceptive about ranking things, right. you know, is that when you're you're saying that these are the six of the best, right. and then you're saying this is the best of the best, and then you think about there, are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these things out there. So yeah, no, 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 no. These are random, and and anything time we've done anything like this court or with Portland Food Adventures, I've always just said six favorites, yeah, yeah. six worthy choices. So I'd like to do that, but you know, because we were having fun and it was a crawl. What else are you going to do but rank them? So. I think if I were to tell someone to go for one chicken sandwich, they had one night in Portland. This is always my criteria. You got you're here once. Where do I tell people to go? It would be the People's Pig for for that sandwich because they're never going to have another fried chicken sandwich like that one again in their lives. Yeah, I agree with that as well. So, so that I think was unique, and I think Burger Stevens. And when I had been to Burger Stevens and Basilisk, it was a toss up for me. I rem- that's why we did this crawl. Let's have other people make this decision. This time after the crawl, I'm a little bit on with Burger Stevens as number two, Basilisk, and the other three I liked a lot and can't, not going to really rank them because I don't think it's important. But, um, but I will say I was sitting at Barlow, you weren't there, and saying, hey, this was cool with Andy. This was like the perfect place to, to end this. So it's not a place I would normally go, and I might now. So there's that. Now, most important your calls as a professional food editor. You make me sound so auspicious. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I think that People's Pig is the one that I would recommend people. And I, I've had a lot of people respond negatively to it, and a lot of it was the smoke argument. But it's a great place to go with multiple people because the portions are so big and kind of take a sampler. So you can taste that and then move on to, you know, their their brisket or their fantastic pork shoulder that's made in the style of brisket um and oh i forgot to mention the bloody mary oh, oh my yeah, god yeah. that was fantastic i had a fantastic i loved it so no, i i think that uh the people's pigs unique flavors is, is really the draw and uh you're right that's that's a flavor you're not going to get anywhere else whether you like it or not you'll be happy that you ate it uh mm. and if you don't like it i'm not going to say there's something wrong with you but there's probably something wrong with you. <laughs> any any other qualities that you want to point out uh, that that might indicate that there's something wrong with all of our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Court, you have any of those in mind? No, I'm, I think I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut. And while we're at it, your favorite out of the one that you tried, which one? Oh man, I, I'm gonna have to go with Burger Stevens. Right. The one that I ate that day was delicious. Right, it was fantastic. And thank you because had you not. In this very room, once said, "Hey, you got to go get mm-hmm. that Burger Stevens fried chicken sandwich." None of this science would have occurred. It um, would it would have been really weird if you said Arby's. That, that chicken cordon bleu sandwich is not that bad. But I have to tell you, so Court and I have known each other over four years now. Isn't it incredible? I look back; we were doing this in 2014. Yeah, like on the, on the all the time now on that memories feed on Facebook. Right. These images of the podcast back then come up. Can't believe, but I don't think you've ever really made a food recommendation, and that was your first one. Oh, yeah, right yeah. to me. Maybe you had, and I have a no. I, I, I don't think I don't think so. All right, so yeah. that that is um, well, we did a we did a tartar crawl, which anybody's welcome to go. Now you can find it in index on right at the fork dot com. You can find an index and look that up. We plan on having a fried chicken itself, and Andy, we discussed along the way. And there's gonna, there will be a podcast or has been a podcast with you um, 
you're moving. We're really sad about that. So we want to get in a few of these crawls with you before you go. I like crawling and eating. Good. We're going to do it. And thanks. And for I do- promise not to have pink eye next time. Uh, you, that's that's a tall order. So uh, <laughs> get on Can that I get that one. in writing? <laughs> yeah, actually, just, e- just email it to me. I don't want... <laughs> there don't want there are no there. promises. Yeah, okay. All right. It was a good way out of the slicing, by the way. It was a good, good way to get out of that. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. Right at the Fork is brought to you by... Zupans, unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join right at the Four Coast, Chris Angeles for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italo chef Jose Chesa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact info there. If you love food and travel, these trips are for you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork, or online at rightatthefork.com.